What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action here on a Monday. It is actually Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and it is the 18th of January, 2021. We had a very fun weekend, divisional round of the playoffs, and I must say, I did a lot better on my forecast for this past weekend's games than I did the weekend before. Jordan Morandini and I went 1-5 and five the, uh, for wildcard weekend, and this weekend, both of us 4-0. and oh. So picking up the slack, now we're back at 500. Before we get into everything today, we're going, which we will be recapping everything from the weekend, we'll be taking a deep dive into the world of NFL from Divisional Round Weekend. We do have a fun episode coming up in a couple days. So as I had mentioned over the last few weeks, each Wednesday or Thursday in the middle of the week, we're doing a live stream where we will forecast the games and project our winners for the weekend, preview those games. This week, Jordan is actually going to take the week off. He's been a little busy lately, so Chase Beebe will fill in for him. Chase is a huge Bills fans, so there'll be a lot of, he'll be brimming with enthusiasm. You can catch our live stream on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show, at Jack Vita Show on Twitter, and youtube.com slash Jack Vita. Make sure you're subscribed. You won't want to miss out. And then, of course, the audio feed will be in this podcast feed the day after. So that'll be a lot of fun previewing the conference championship games. But we got some good ones to chat about right now. And we have a great guest joining us at this moment. She has a history of working in TV a little bit. Recent Indiana graduate where she covered the Indiana football team as a beat reporter. And yeah, she just graduated a few weeks ago. So here's our first round draft pick. Uh, on today's show, Haley Jordan. <laughs> Hi, Jack. I love that nickname. First round draft pick. I'm going to run with that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, uh, I've got that draft pick in before other people can, you know, snatch you up. We're, you're coming on this show before you make it big time. So you'll have to right, remember us. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first one that I've of uh, the first podcast I've done for divisional playoffs. So I guess that's that's true. First round draft pick. Thanks for having me, Jack. <laughs> that's awesome. And a fun fact before we get into the football, of course, uh, for those who don't know, last year we had someone from the Miss America pageant from I think it was 2017. Is that right? 2017. Mm-hmm. Yes. Correct. And- that was Miss Louisiana, Larissa Bonacquisti. She went to Louisiana State University, called into the show the day after the LSU Tigers won the national championship. Here we are in January again, and we've got a fellow uh, Miss America contestant from that year. We have Miss Indiana here. Yeah, isn't that wild? Wild, <laughs> wild. You should just interview all of us, you know, all 50, <laughs> all 50 states plus D.C., and then, you know, that would be a really good publicity for you. <laughs> We're well connected. Yeah, that, that sounds great. I'll have to keep uh, digging into that well. But I got to <laughs> ask you, Haley, I know you're super into sports. You work in sports. I have to think you grew up playing sports to some extent. I'm curious, mm-hmm. how would you compare – competing in beauty pageants to sports (laughs) so you know without all of the contact right without (laughs) without all the physical contact 
the um, the dynamic of it is extremely similar. And there's even a lot of physical preparation too. You know, for the swimsuit competition, you have to be in your best shape. So that's going to mean running a 5k a day, lifting weights. You know, I had a personal trainer before going to Miss America. So it was a very athletic competition. But as far as the rest of the competition goes, it is all strategy. And I know these professional athletes in all these different sports, no matter what it is, NHL, NFL, like NBA, there's a lot of strategy involved. And the same goes for competing in pageants. You know, you got to pick the right song to sing. You got to wear the right dress. You got to prepare for that interview, know your current events. So while it's not a uh, contact sport per se, <laughs> it is all about strategy. It's all about putting your best self forward and just making sure that you come off as authentically yourself as you possibly can. And luckily, I believe I achieved that with completely myself. I'm very loud. Um, <laughs> I'm very quirky. And that showed. And for some reason, they didn't reject that. So I'm happy, I'm happy that was you know, a good thing for me and for the state of Indiana. That's awesome. And speaking of strategy games, you had mentioned that you're also a big fan of the show Survivor. I was curious, Woo! Haley. Yeah. What's your What's your story with Survivor? When did you start watching? Do you have a favorite season, favorite contestants? I do. I do. I do. I can answer all those questions. So <laughs> I started watching when I was in second grade because my parents watched it. And my mom has seen every single season. My dad's seen most of them and my brother's seen about half. And I've seen about half. So we've all been diehard fans since forever. The first season that I truly watched, got into, understood as a child was Cook Island. Oh. And that was Parvati Shallows. Yeah. You know, Ozzy was on that season. And although that season's old now in comparison to all the <laughs> new jazz that's been happening within recent seasons, Parvati was the one where I looked at my mom and said, I think I could do this someday. Like, I think I could audition, get on the show and be like her. Because she's so float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And, you know, just, just being a second grade girl, what, I was probably like seven, eight years old, and watching reality TV, watching something that's difficult to do. You know, all these people are out in the jungle. They're starving. They're competing. There's a lot of strategy. For an eight-year-old, seven-year-old to think that they can do that based on Parvati's performance, like, she's inspiring. And I've carried that with me forever, and she still remains my favorite. I have a couple others that I've, you know, grasped on to throughout the years, but she's who... <laughs> She's who got it started for me. That's awesome. Really cool story. Well, what if I told you that you could watch all 40 seasons of Survivor on demand? You know what I'm talking about here, Haley? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen like platforms are starting to pick it up now. And I'm like, finally, this show <laughs> is getting the appreciation it deserves. Finally, it's on Netflix now. It was trending for a couple weeks. Well, yes, Netflix has so. a couple seasons, but Haley, our sponsor, CBS All Access, has all 40 seasons. In addition to that, they got all the seasons of Big Brother. They've got a couple seasons of The Amazing Race. They got The wow. Challenge on MTV, a lot of really good reality shows, The Real World, a bunch of great shows. Sign up and get a free one-week trial at jackvita.com slash CBS. And I know you said there are half of the seasons you haven't seen, so... Might, might yeah. want to look into that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, I had no idea that they were all in one spot. So <laughs> that is perfect plug there. I'm going to have to do that because, yeah, I, my goal is to watch every single season, every single one. Okay, great. And one other thing with that plug here, what was your favorite Nickelodeon show growing up as a kid? Ooh, 
Oh, gosh. I had a few. I really loved Drake and Josh. I think oh, that's yes. a fan favorite. And yeah, Josh Peck still remains <laughs> one of the most hilarious people, in my opinion. <laughs> and then I really liked iCarly. That was yep. kind of the last show I watched on Nickelodeon before I started, you know, like Netflix started to become a thing. So I would say Drake and Josh, uh, iCarly, Miranda Cosgrove's the common denominator there. <laughs> Well, both those shows and 80 others are also available for streaming on CBS All Access. They got all these classic Nickelodeon shows on there, too, yeah. now. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I sometimes, like, when I'm bored, I will sit and watch, like, old episodes if I can find them, um, you know. So that's a great, that's right info, too, because, you know, you never know. On a Saturday, I might be binge watching iCarly. So, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I was watching some uh, Rocket Power on there and Ned uh, oh, Classified, yeah. <laughs> Drake and Josh, of oh, course. Yeah. So five ninety nine yeah. a month. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. And that's, that's those are our sponsors. We've gotten to know Haley quite a bit. So let's dive into some of the action we saw from the weekend. Haley, two really good games yesterday. Which one would you like to start with? Okay, I'm a Kansas City fan, so okay. let's go ahead and start with the first game, AFC Chiefs versus Browns. Yes, and we have to talk about the headliner here then. I didn't know you were a Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> concussion. I don't know if we'll see him next week. Yeah, I, gosh, I watched yeah, the first half, and, you know, he was stumbling around the field because – Apparently his toe was injured, right? And we've seen that this season with Philip Rivers. Like that seems to be a very common injury for quarterbacks. And while it's not super serious, it's uncomfortable. So the whole time, being a huge diehard Patrick Mahomes fan, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, protect Patrick's toe at all costs. And then he gets a concussion. So obviously nobody can hear me as I'm shouting at my TV. But I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be back or not. He was tweeting right after he got to the bench, which I was kind of concerned. I'm like, if you have a concussion, don't be on your phone. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> don't hit send but, when you have a concussion. Exactly. But <laughs> I hope that he's okay. You know, he's a tough cookie. We've seen that from the few years he's been in the NFL. And I can only hope that he is going to be able to play in the championship because if not, that is going to be, you know, just he's the most powerful weapon that you have. Right. right. Him and Kelsey are the best duo. I, I hope he's back. I really do. I'm going to be looking for updates all week. Yeah, we all will be. Haley, have you ever had a concussion personally? No, I never have. And I grew up playing sports, so that's a miracle in itself. Have you had a concussion? <laughs> I've had two, actually. Oh, my gosh. From playing sports? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, funny story. The first one was from playing football. And actually, so this isn't the funny part, but <laughs> I was playing football <laughs> with my friends, just some pickup football and month of january no helmets no pads whatever and the ground is really hard this month this time of year especially here <laughs> in the midwest and so we were playing some football and it was actually kind of similar to what happened to mahomes yesterday where it wasn't like some egregious bad hit it wasn't a helmet to helmet thing no one put their shoulder into my head you know we didn't knock any heads there but I was either tackling someone or getting tackled and I just hit my head on the hard ground and that was enough oh. for a concussion number one. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, the thing is, it doesn't have to look fancy on TV. Like you can just tweak it. 
and boom, concussion. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, three months later, I actually somehow sustained a concussion from track and field. Uh, that's oh boy, that's the kind of klutz <laughs> that I am. <laughs> My gosh! So, were you a runner? Did the shot put hit you in the head? Like, what what happened there? <laughs> I was a sprinter, and we had this really awesome coach, and we used to do these backwards sprints, and. For whatever reason, he said, do the whole track backwards inside the field house of our high school. And there was a metal ramp right off to the side of the track. And I, it's really hard to sprint backwards and turn your body appropriately, especially when you're in the outside lane. And so I caught my foot on the metal ramp and my head broke my fall on the ground of the field house. <laughs> Wow. So did the coach feel terrible about that? I'm sure. We never did that again after that. <laughs> you were like, okay, I'm going to make sure I end this all for future track athletes. So, <laughs> man, the staple of backwards running concussions. But it was interesting Gosh. because when I got those concussions, and granted, I did have two over a three month stretch, and I haven't had any since or before that, but both times I was instructed by trainers, doctors, do not play sports, no physical contact for four to six weeks. And mine was a pretty mild concussion. We've seen this in other sports as well. It's always been something that's a little troubling to me when we see guys get concussed on a Sunday and then play the following Sunday. I just want to make sure that those guys are 100% all right before we're sending them back into the line of duty. I agree with you. And you know, what, a few years ago, CTE was the talk yeah. of the NFL. And you just have so many hits to the head that all of a sudden, you know, these players aren't acting like themselves. And it's completely a medical condition, you know, nothing that they did per se to develop that kind of personality. But I agree with you, Jack, like, I do not want to see Mahomes go out there, get hit again, or compromise his health, because yeah. he's still so young that the Chiefs need him for years and years to come. And he's going to be one of those quarterbacks that's going to have, I think, a Tom Brady-like career, a Drew Brees career. He's going to be one of the best. And I don't want to see him starting too early. As much as I would love for him to, I want him to be healthy, more importantly. Yeah, you only get one brain, too, for that matter. Oh, of course. One head on your shoulders, protect it at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> so Injured head to toe this past game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. If he doesn't play, We, I'll feel really good about that decision from the Chiefs. Um, if he does play, I'm not going to rush to any judgments. These guys are doctors and trainers and much more advanced than an experience than I am from just getting concussed like an idiot a couple of times. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But I obviously best case scenario would have been he doesn't get concussed and we have this awesome matchup coming up next weekend. I agree. That would be the best possible situation. And, you know, it was a nail biter yesterday, even before Mahomes was concussed in a lot was at stake. Like Mahomes hadn't played for 21 days three weeks since the Chiefs clinched AFC's top seed, so he was kind of out of it for a little while. But before he exited the game traumatically, it was traumatic for me. I'm sure it was traumatic for Chiefs Nation as well, yeah. but 
He finished 21 of 30 for 255 yards and touchdowns passing and running. So that's not, you know, a humble stat. That's that's awesome for yeah. somebody going out um, in the game. But that's just the Mahomes way, you know? He was like, before I'm out of here, I got to ball out first. Well, Chad Henney stepped into that game. And Chad Henney, I, I, I'm a few years older than you, Haley, so I don't know how much memory you have. Do you remember Chad Henney when he was playing at Michigan back in the day? Yes, I was just about to say that. I knew he had Michigan ties, but other than that, like he is 35 years old, so... Yeah. You know, he's he's got a few years on me, too. <laughs> um, but that's that's all I know him from, is back from when he played at Michigan. Yeah, and he had that team with Michael Hart and Mario Manningham, and they went toe-to-toe with Ohio State in 2006. And then the next year, in 07, they opened the season with Appalachian State, and they lost that game. And they were favored to win that game by, like, 42.5 points. Um but he was a great college quarterback. He's had a pretty good pro career for that matter. I just, I always like taking a trip down memory lane because I love college football. I do too because it's really cool to see where these athletes come from because, well, a lot of these athletes are, you know, bred from the SEC and the biggest schools, that kind of thing. Like, it is really nice to see where people end up, uh, all the teams they get traded to, that kind of thing. So I agree with you there. It's <laughs> nice to know everyone's background. Yeah. So, Chad Henney, I guess I, since I'm not, as plugged into the Chiefs as you are, clearly. I didn't know he was still in the league, uh, but it was cool for him to get in there yesterday. Clearly quite a downgrade from Patrick Mahomes. He had that Mm -hmm. throw where I can't remember which receiver made it. There was a really nice catch where he had to go up and fight for it, where Chad Henney underthrew him. But we got to give some props. Chad Henney and Tyreek Hill made, and Andy Reid for that matter, what a play on fourth down. That was gutsy. Uh-huh. Totally shocked Tony Romo. Tony Romo was not ready for that. <laughs> he was like, they're not going for it. And I'm like, oh, sit down. <laughs> sit down, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I I knew they were going to go for it. I sat there and I did not hesitate one bit. And I have nowhere near the talent that Tony Romo has yet. So I sat there and I just know this team because I've been following them for so long. And I had no doubt Andy Reid, Big Red, as his players call him, I had no doubt that he was going to say go for it because of what the Chiefs are able to do and capitalize on. And even though Mahomes was absent from the play, clearly anything is possible, right? The tweet Patrick Mahomes that has been trending for the past 12 hours. And my gosh, that was incredible. So first he did the third down scramble. You know, looked like he was sliding into home. That was awesome. And he's 35. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's 35 years old, and he's still able to make plays like that. And then, yeah, what you're speaking of, the fourth down completion to Hill, just short of the first down, like before, the play before that, it was just incredible to watch. And I just remember sitting there last night on my couch and just being so thankful <laughs> <laughs> for Andy Reid to be gutsy on that play because had he not been, the outcome probably would have been different. I actually thought they were going to go for it too, for that matter, because typically mm-hmm. when they try to do that hard count, first of all, I think they snapped it with about 20 seconds left on the play clock. They hiked it pretty quickly because clearly the Browns were not expecting that. The Browns were expecting the hard count and a timeout or a delay a game and then a punt. And personally, I would have punted in that spot, but the reason why I figured it was an actual play and it wasn't the hard count was because they were lined up in a shotgun and on a fourth and one and typically 
when they do the hard count formation, it's always in a goal line set where they have a fullback and a tailback right mm-hmm. behind him. And then they're itching more to jump off sides typically in that situation. Yeah. And it's, it was definitely a shock to a lot of people. I would say about half and half thought they were going to go for it. The other half wasn't too sure, but just an incredible play formation was on it was just on point. Like every, <laughs> everything was perfect. They were perfectly like the formation was awesome. Chad was phenomenal. Tyree kill, you know, he's one of the best that the chiefs has to offer as well. So just a beautifully orchestrated play from start to finish. And I think that was, yeah, that was definitely the play of the game. Maybe the play of the divisional round, like that was just awesome. And I yeah. remember that for a long, long time. <laughs> well, another play, in this game that drew some criticism was it was a little bit before halftime and I can't remember. It may have been uh, people's Jones on the Browns. I can't remember which receiver it was, but he was outstretching for the goal line and he got hit in the head. It was a helmet to helmet hit, pop the ball free. And then we have that. It's always that weird rule. It's there's arguments for it and against it where if you fumble it, goes out of the end zone it's a loss of possession and a touchback what was your Mm -hmm. read on everything that happened there Haley gosh well watching it in real time I thought the call was correct just because everything's so quick it's fast and Daniel Sorensen it just looked like he was great on defense (laughs) that's what it looked like when you first see it but then when they go back kind of dissect it a little more they played the slow motion it honestly looked like there was some intentional helmet-to-helmet contact there. And sometimes there's going to be tough calls like that. And, yeah, the touchback isn't something that we see often, and I know it can be frustrating for, um, in this case, it was frustrating for the Browns, but I didn't argue with it, obviously, (laughs) because it's my team. Um, But, yeah, looking back at the play and kind of studying it, looking at articles today, it was uh, dicey. I will say that's the good word for it is dicey. I don't really know. I think it could have gone either way. Spoken like a true Chiefs fan. <laughs> but out of support. Yeah, that rule has always been an odd one because you're de incentivizing or decentivize. I don't know what the word is, but you're you would think you're incent you would want to incentivize guys to reach out for the goal line with the football because mm-hmm. that's an exciting highlight real play that they like to put in their marketing campaigns and commercials and all of that stuff. And you're essentially getting penalized for that action. On the other hand, however, I do like that it's rewarding good defense. It, you're making a heck of a play, and there aren't too many rules that reward good defense. So I, I respect the rule, but having said all of that, in the college game, which, again, this is like whenever there's a targeting call and a guy gets kicked out of a college game on a national stage, Twitter mm-hmm. erupts. People are like, this is why college football stinks. <laughs> I actually like the targeting rules that they have in college football, and I I would have liked to see a review. I would have liked to see that implemented in this case because I, that was unfortunate the way it played out for the Browns. I agree. And I'm able to set aside, you know, my diehard Chiefs fandom for that. Um, But like I said, it's a tough call. Sometimes those refs, like, I feel like sometimes they take their best guess. You know what I mean? Like, they can only watch it so many times. And, 
yeah, but that case, it's pretty clear. If you see the pictures, <laughs> helmet's a helmet. And like, like we were talking about earlier, it is no joke. Concussions are no joke in You're the right. NFL. They can just end somebody's career with one good hit. And I, no matter who it is, no matter who's playing, no matter if it's my Chiefs, the Browns, whoever it may be, I don't want anyone to get injured. And I think any true sports fan doesn't want that for anyone else. No, absolutely not. So final score on that game was, uh, sorry, one second, let me pull that up. Oh, I got you. 22-17 Chiefs. There we go. go. (laughs) There's our first round pick (laughs) coming in clutch for us. Gosh, yeah, I... I have okay. So really quick before we move on to the yeah. next game, I have to tell you a little anecdote here. So another pageant it. connection. My Miss Illinois, she used to date a former NFL player, oh. and so she knows that I love Patrick Mahomes. And it just so happens that the NFL player she used to date is good friends with Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> she arranged for me to like pick out a shirt off the Chiefs merchandise website. Yeah. picked out a nice you know Arrowhead Chiefs shirt and. It was literally shipped to Patrick Mahomes' house. Wow. He signed it and sent it back to her ex-boyfriend who sent it to me. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. It says, go Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, to Haley. It's incredible. It's the best piece. When did that happen? That was, I believe, in November. Yeah, back in November. So were they exes at the time and he still helped her out getting that for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. What a guy. What a guy, what a setup. That is the best. That's the best piece of clothing. That's the best item I own, Jeff. With Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> signature, just the fact that they shipped it to his house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. Can so, you give it? You want to give a shout out to that player? Or do you want to keep him anonymous? Sure, I'll give a shout out to him. So his name's Dalton Crossin. He played for the Colts for a little bit. Played for the Patriots. I believe he's living in New York now. And also a shout out to Abby Foster, my former Miss Illinois, for orchestrating that for me. I'm so happy. I'm a happy Chief fan <laughs> because of the <laughs> two of them. So thanks, guys. That's awesome. Well, I will give you another chance to chat Chiefs at the very end of this. I'll let you give your picks for the weekend. So we're not done on the Chiefs quite yet. Great. Best for last. All right. So the Bucks and the Saints yesterday, and this was this was another good one. Similarly, I by the way, I, I called these two games pretty well, as I mentioned at the start of the show. I had Chiefs 24, Browns 16, ended up being 22-17. And then uh, this Bucks Saints game, I had the Bucks thirty-one twenty-one. They ended up winning thirty to twenty. Wow! Look at that. That doesn't happen <laughs> often, wouldn't it? The score's almost perfect no. too. Look at you go. I know. I especially how horrible I did uh, for Wild Card Weekend. I was so oh, bad. <laughs> don't feel bad. I did horrible during Wild Card Week as well. Like I had Seahawks winning. I had the Colts winning, and they just disappoint me every time. Oh. But. Yeah, no, I totally feel the same way, and I did better during wild card week, I, or during um, divisional rounds. I will say I did have the Saints winning this, and that did not happen. But, you know, happy for Brady. That was a well-deserved win, and he's seen the most playoff action of any, any quarterback, any player. So I, I'm not shocked. I'll say that. I'm not very shocked. <laughs> <laughs> he is unbelievable. He's had a heck of a career. He's just on. I can't compare his career to really anybody's except for Michael Jordan's and any other sport. It's mm-hmm. like he is the Michael Jordan of this sport. 
and now he could win a seventh championship. I'll make a, a reality TV reference here, and I know you haven't gotten to watch the challenge yet mm-hmm. on MTV. I think you'll like it, but there's this guy on the challenge named Johnny Bananas, and he just he's a guy who's been on the show since 2005 he's been on like 18 20 seasons so he's kind of like the boston rob of the challenge mm-hmm. yeah and rob he had won it six times and he actually just won his his seventh this past year and so he was tweeting a bunch about uh him and brady the two goats brady's going for uh number seven now too at the same time as he won his seventh <laughs> That that is an awesome reference. Yeah, that's. I remember you talking to me about that a couple days ago, and that's something I'll definitely have to watch because you know me, Survivor buff, so I can get into that too. <laughs> but great reference there. Yeah, Brady's <laughs> the best. And I have written a couple articles where I think Patrick is close to following in his footsteps. But I mean, it is hard. It's hard to win the Super Bowl six times. Yeah. That's why no one else has done it. And just the fact that he's in the running again, you know, as an older man, like, oh my gosh, I tweeted last night that matchup. I said, these two quarterbacks could be my young father. (laughs) Seriously. They are more athletic than I will ever be. They have more stamina, more athletic ability than I do as a, you know, a pretty fit 22 year old. And it's incredible (laughs) to watch, but yeah, they could be my young dad. That's, that's that. Well, Haley, unfortunately, everything that I was hearing yesterday, and we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening, but I know Jay Glazer was on that pregame show earlier in the day, and he was saying that everything he had been hearing, and Jay Glazer is a good reporter, he has a lot of good scoops, that this would be Breeze's last game in the Superdome, regardless of if they win or not, because they'd have to play in Green Bay this next week. And it ended up being the last, potentially the last game we see of him in his NFL career. Unfortunate way for it to go out for him, I guess. It was, this was the most emotional game because people love Drew Brees and me included. Like I've, I've always liked him. You know, he has a great wife. He's got Brittany as his wife and has kids and he's just a big family guy too. So how can you not support somebody like that? And then he's just had an awesome career from when he started out there in West Lafayette. He's really close to home for the two of us, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And then just being such an admirable quarterback and just a good guy. Like, I find it so hard not to support good people in the NFL. And he was just one of those guys that people were were devastated last night. I had a friend who Snapchatted me in tears. And he said, my idol is probably done. And I was like, wow. Like, Drew Brees has touched so many people throughout his career and I don't even know if he knows that like when people saw him take that last look did you see that video on Twitter he turned around took that last look on the field and I get I'm having goosebumps right now (laughs) oh I missed that I'll have to check that one out oh my goodness I'll have a good guy cry as I watch that (laughs) it's just a quick glance like a, a quick double take and then he just goes he disappears into the tunnel and it's just a I feel like it's the end of an era. You never know. It's not set in stone yet, but we can just conclude. You know, he's 42. He's had a great run, and he he was a mobile quarterback as well, but it might be time to say goodbye for Breeze. That's crazy, just that he's (laughs) – this career that he had, and it's hard to picture someone else lining up to play quarterback uh, besides Drew Breeze for that franchise. It'll be interesting to see what they do this offseason. I feel like the last quarterback, I'm trying to remember who the last quarterback that w- was before he 
before he joined the Saints. Do you remember the Saints pre-Drew Brees, Haley? No. <laughs> I couldn't even <laughs> tell you. No, I have no clue. I think it was Aaron Brooks. Uh, I know he was a guy that played there quite a bit. Uh, there were some other guys who came in and out. But what I think is really interesting was Drew Brees had such a strange career. He was started out with the Chargers. I think it was 2000, year 2000, maybe it was 2001. Chargers had an all-time great draft where they got LaDainian Tomlinson in round one. and They got mm-hmm. Drew Brees in round two. What a draft, those two guys. And then Brees... With the Chargers, he had maybe he. I know he had one really good year, and then he had another year that I think was pretty good. But he was never really great in San Diego. And they drafted Philip Rivers, and they kind of they were concerned about his shoulder. He had had a number of injuries, and they weren't able to work out an extension. So then Drew Brees hits the free agent market, and he goes to New Orleans, and he joins up with Sean Payton. His career takes off, really takes off, hits another level that I don't think anyone really thought he had. Now he's going into the Hall of Fame with a number of passing records. But the last thing that I think is interesting, because, again, you're four years younger than me, so uh, you Mm -hmm. you don't remember it quite a little bit, but that's okay. I know a lot of people my age (laughs) don't even remember it. I'm a weird person that has a strong memory, I guess. But (laughs) anyway... (laughs) That offseason, he was a free agent, and he was between signing with the Saints and the Miami Dolphins, who at the time were coached by Nick Saban. So there's a parallel universe where he signs with the Dolphins. Saban doesn't go to Alabama, and we see maybe what we've seen out of... uh, We see Saban and Drew Brees winning a Super Bowl in 2009. What an analysis. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Could you? Yeah, that's that's a really, really good thought there because that's what I love about the NFL is there's so many what if scenarios and that's what makes sports so fun. And just yeah. I don't know thinking about the partnership like between Sean Payton and Breeze is great now, but yeah, can you imagine Breeze and Nick Saban? That would have been oh, man. quite the duo there, and I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. And I mean, they both had successful careers without each other. You know, Bama yeah. passed off to them for winning the championship. But that's a really, really cool thought there, Jack, to wonder <laughs> what could have been. Well, it's also interesting because Saban did not stay in the NFL very long. And so I'm curious if Drew Brees being his quarterback would have changed that, if he still would have been bored and disenchanted with the NFL and itching to get back to the college game or would he have wanted to stay I feel like maybe he would have stayed a little longer but Mm -hmm. it's just unbelievable it's hard to picture him not being this historically great college coach that he's become I I agree I think the quarterback coach chemistry makes all the difference in how long coaches stay and we've seen that with the Patriots. I mean, Bill Belichick's been around for, gosh, I don't even know how long. And it was almost weird seeing him without Brady this season. It was yeah. weird. And I remember when people were throwing around the Tampa Bay, like, trademark. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is odd. And now, you know, and now Tom Brady's with Bruce Arian. So it's just, it's, it's weird. And it's weird to split up those coach quarterback bonds. Um, but, I mean, it happens. It happens all the time. So I picked the Bucks for this game. One of the big things for me, two, really two big things. Number one, Haley, 
The Saints have been choke artists for four straight years now. This is year number four. Uh, they did make it to the NFC Championship game two years ago. But aside from that, they've been disappointing in the playoffs. So that was number one for me. Yeah, I agree. Like they, it's There's one of those teams that they can do really well during the regular season, but they just can't quite capitalize once they get to the playoffs, which is disappointing because you look at the record throughout the season and you think, wow, this is going so well, like Breeze is on fire. You know, you have running backs like Alvin Kamara, who's really awesome and had an outstanding year. And then you get to the playoffs thinking that it's going to be a different story. Like I, like I said, I had them winning just because of Kamara and all the talent that they have on that team. Like Sean Payton is a great coach as well, but they just couldn't quite get it done. And I don't really know. Well, I do know why that is It's the picks that breeze right. through that was yeah. just ended up being like a complete dumpster fire for the saints. But you know, before that, when he was a little bit younger, I don't know what went wrong there, Jack. Like I'm, I'm not too sure why they kind of choked in the playoffs, but it happens to the best teams. And that's why football's so great. You can't predict what happens even when you have a great shiny record for regular season. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know if they have it in them because it feels like each year when they lose, here come the excuses. Oh, it should have been pass interference. It should have been this. It should have been that. This year they were saying, oh, if we had fans in attendance and we were able to pack the Superdome, we would be playing better because they got off, came out of the gate a little slow. It's mm-hmm. like you don't have to make those excuses for yourself. Other people will do, like people write, you know, we could talk about it on a podcast. Other people might write pieces about it. But I think when you start buying into that, it's not a good mentality for your team to have. Yeah, I agree, too, because I think with this game, even though it wasn't a blowout by any means, you know, Bucks got it done 30 to 20, but Brees threw picks and those picks ended up, you know, converting into TDs eventually. And so you can't argue with that. You can't say there's really nothing you can come back from that. And my argument is always fans or no fans. I do not think fans or no fans should matter, especially in the season of COVID. So if that was their argument to start things off, eh, I'm not really listening to those types of arguments. (laughs) I'm not interested in those. I mean, I do think they're a factor, but yeah, you still got to get it done, as you're saying. The other reason why I thought the Bucs would win this game it's so incredibly difficult to beat a team three times mm-hmm. in a 16-game season. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is something I'm curious. Well, you grew up playing sports. Did you ever have an experience where you played a team twice and then you met them in the playoffs and you ended up losing? No. No, I don't think. Well, I went to a really small high school, and so we never, hardly ever played the same team twice. But if we did, it was always, you know, the record was one and one. Like you said, like, it's very difficult to come back and win twice, whether that be twice, three times, four times, whatever it might be. But yeah, I agree. I saw that earlier, too. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And and also, you got to, like, take into account here, Brady and Gronk, they have been to so many playoff rounds. And like, so many Super Bowls, so they know how to navigate through playoffs. True. While Drew Brees has had success, too, and his team has had success, they haven't had as much as Brady. And that I think that was also the biggest factor of what went wrong yesterday. Absolutely. So the Bucks move on. They will play in the NFC title game. We had two games on Saturday that were not quite as great as Sunday's games. I was I had higher expectations for that Baltimore and Buffalo game, but what I did enjoy about it, it was 
Nice to see a little low-scoring game, at least in the first half before Lamar came out of that game. That was, uh, they were, I guess they were behind before Lamar came out, but it felt like I was watching a little bit of like Northwestern versus Iowa on a Saturday in the fall. I agree. I love low-scoring games because those tend to be the most competitive. And while the score wasn't as competitive as I thought it was going to be, you know, Bills win 17-3, to it was still a good game to watch. And also with those kinds of games, it's interesting because that's when special teams really yeah. have to stay in the score. And Justin Tucker, you know, the most accurate kicker in the NFL, arguably, yeah. misses. Oh, I couldn't believe it. He actually misses, and then he barely made one going into the half. And But also, you know, we have to take into account the wind was not good on Saturday. Yeah, it was very windy. Wind was not great. Yeah, you were seeing it. There were some missed field goals. There were a couple of deep balls that the quarterbacks threw. I remember one where Josh Allen threw a deep ball, and I don't know if the wind took it or if it's just hard. I mean, I played outfield in baseball and it's really hard to track fly balls when the wind's blowing it everywhere you don't know where it's going to be and I think we saw some of that uh on Saturday night I think so too and it wasn't just Justin Tucker you know it was the Bills kicker Tyler Bass he also struggled and you know was like one for one on kicking so and then he missed his 43 yard field goal attempt later on so you know, sometimes you just can't control that. You can't control the elements, and I wish I wish all stadiums had a roof. I really do. <laughs> I like, no, I like the elements. I like having snow. I like having um, wind. I think that makes it interesting. Oh, you like the, the weather factor. I do. Mother nature. Yeah, I love <laughs> watching a game in the snow. I mean, another one really? from way back in the day. So I would have been eight no seven years old so you would have been like three years old but uh back (laughs) the first championship that the patriots won they had that game in the snow the tuck rule game against uh the oakland raiders where adam vinatieri i know you did a piece on his son uh recently Yeah. yeah awesome job on that by the way thank you adam vinatieri kicked is one of the best kicks of all time and it was a great game it was just in the snow and those are the games that i remember like when there's random elements it makes the game more memorable for me than if they were in a dome yeah i guess there's something to be said by that because you can be like this team had an amazing win and there were snowflakes everywhere or it was hailing <laughs> you never know um sometimes my only problem with like the roof being open um especially in indianapolis you know they have the roof now which is super a super nice feature yeah. but sometimes i can't see the field because of all the shadows oh that yeah us nuts at the station, I work at Wish TV as well. And whenever we're covering games or trying to pick highlights, there are simply highlights we cannot use because of the weather elements. And I guess Dang. that's just coming from a reporter's perspective. Yeah. But from a fan's perspective, or just watching the game as a fan, as a spectator, I bet it would be awesome. <laughs> just a different <laughs> story. Like, hey, let's watch Brady play in the snow. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring that up because some domes have, I think they have this at AT&T in Dallas. I could be wrong. I know that where the Milwaukee Brewers play, which was formerly known as Miller Park, they have like parts of the dome with like big glass windows. So the light comes in and you still get those shadows regardless of if the dome is closed or open. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's a, that's another added element too. And I think, 
although it makes the players a little, you know, it's they have to work around that, and it's another factor they have to work around. It's way worse for TV personnel. Oh, I promise sure. you anything. Much more than the players. <laughs> players are somewhat used to that. But with TV, it's not like you can edit that out. So I think I think that's why you're getting a reporter's perspective here. <laughs> this is a reporter's <laughs> complaint strictly. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's good to know. I didn't know that. So the Bills win this one 17-3. to uh, Personally, I thought the Ravens were a little outmatched in this game. I think they had, I mean, obviously they had a good season. They won a playoff game. But for me personally, as a, I actually didn't mention this to you, I'm a Steelers fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got a good uh, front row seat to watch the AFC North this year, and they played the NFC East this year and really had easy schedules. I thought Steelers, Mm -hmm. Ravens, Browns, all their win totals were inflated from what they probably, like they were probably, so uh, Steelers won 12 games. They probably were like a 10-win team in a regular season. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ravens and Browns won 11. They each were a 9-win team perhaps in a regular season. So I thought they were outmatched. I'm pretty high on this Bills team moving into next week. Yeah, what a treat to see the Bills doing so well because that just hasn't been the case in the past. But if we were to look back at the plays throughout the game on Saturday, you know, the Bills, they have the second-best offense. Um, They have the second-best offense throughout the regular season, and that's just something you don't hear often when it's a pass to the Bills (laughs) franchise. Um, But then also their defense did a great job too. So they held Jackson without a TD. And that's just an impressive thing to do to hold the, you know, the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. Like that's a, that's not something that I take lightly. And, but I, I do agree with you, even though they were playing the Ravens, they have their weapon, Lamar Jackson. I was pretty certain that the bills were going to come home with this one just because they've had such a phenomenal season. And I don't know, the Ravens haven't been in it. They haven't been in it for me this season. Yeah, I've never, I feel like I never, part of it is being a Steelers fan, but I feel like I do take this team a little more seriously offensively than I did during the Joe Flacco years because Lamar is Mm -hmm. so much more dynamic. I always thought Joe Flacco was sort of the epitome of like an average, you know, quarterback you can win with, not a bad quarterback, but not someone who's really going to be super dynamic and scare you. Lamar does. I mean, Lamar is super dynamic. And I'm happy that Lamar finally got that playoff win, was able to silence a lot of the critics this year. But, yeah, I, I wasn't in on the the Ravens to the extent that others were this year. Bills, on the other hand, uh, oh, my gosh, what a story. What a story. What a comeback. Um, I like to see teams who haven't done well in the past do well. Because yeah. if you think, that's probably why so many people dislike the Patriots. Well, one, because of the whole Deflategate scandal, but that's <laughs> besides the point. But, you know, it's because they win so much. And that's just, and people get tired of seeing the same story in the NFL. Yeah. I'm kind of worried that's going to be the Chiefs story. Like, they're going to just keep winning and people are going to start not liking them. But I will always That's like the it. least of your worries, Haley. Come on. <laughs> I'm scared that my team might win too much. No, I'm not scared they'll win too much. I'm scared people aren't going to like them because they win too much. So then people are going to be like, oh, this is like a Patriot story all over again where they never lose. Yeah, but anyways, at least my team will be the one winning. So I guess there's no complaints there. (laughs) Yeah, anything else from this game that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about the Ravens' backup QB. Yeah. Um, It was an interesting 
interesting, another sad, just unfortunate event that happened. So I don't know if you um, saw this in real time, but Lamar Jackson, you know, he reacted to a bad snap. So already Mm -hmm. it's not exactly his fault has to throw the ball, the ball away. And then not only was he tackled at the feet, but also like tackled by the chest too. So he had two guys coming at him after he'd already thrown the ball away. So it just was completely unnecessary beginning with the bad snap and unfortunate to see somebody go down like that. Um, But then the Ravens, you know, they're forced to bring in the backup QB, Tyler Huntley. And just watching that, him play for the remainder of the fourth quarter, oh, it was rough. That was rough. Like, he he overthrew Brown. He was sacked. And he did throw some bullets and had a couple amazing first downs. But he just couldn't quite get there. And honestly, throughout the fourth quarter, I felt bad for the Ravens. I really did because – the QB, the backup QB, like they, it's their time to shine. And when they can't quite get it done, like Chad Henney, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's sad for that team. Yeah, I had forgotten about Tyler Huntley prior to this game because I remember seeing him at Utah and a couple years ago. Uh, I'm a Northwestern football fan. So Northwestern beat his squad in a bowl game a couple years ago. So he, he was a good college quarterback. It was cool for him to get that moment, but obviously, very unfortunate what happened to Lamar, but I do have something uplifting and cool here. I'm not sure if you saw this, but a lot of Bills fans were putting out on Twitter that they were donating to Lamar Jackson's favorite charities. I did see that. That is, oh, that is awesome. How, how awesome. Like just people are great sometimes, you know it? Yeah. We need more of that on Twitter, more positive, good stuff like that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, sports Twitter can be a dangerous place. (laughs) Twitter in general can be a dangerous place. (laughs) Oh, yes, it can be nasty, nasty. But when you see stuff like that, it's just, oh, man, that just warms my heart. Warms my heart for them. And our final game from the weekend was actually the first game. It was probably the least interesting. Not too much to talk, not too much to see here. But Packers take care of business at home. They beat the Rams uh, 32-18. What was what stood out to you from this game, Haley? Yeah, the Packers offense dominated, and I knew that was going to happen just because, you know, the Packers clinched the number one seed in the NFC. So I already had them winning this game. But just to throw a stat at you, converted eight third downs, and then they scored touchdowns on three out of their four first trips inside the 20-yard line. So that's wow. just something that a really dominant team is going to do up front. They were quick. The Packers never trailed. And the defense, like, Goff kept getting sacked. Poor guy. Felt so bad for him. But at the same time, like, Packers were just a competitive team this year. And I really didn't think there was any stopping them during this game. And that that proves to be true with the score. Yeah, and Aaron Donald was playing with a rib injury. Did not look like the same guy he was a week ago that was just manhandling Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. I agree. And yeah, that's another thing, like just injury sucks and can completely take over somebody. And he played through it, you know, yeah. played through it. He did. Well, this sets up some really awesome matchups for next weekend. And I will give my picks on the live stream on Wednesday. Make sure you tune in, guys. And if you're not able to watch live, you can catch the audio feed in this podcast feed the day after. And the video feeds will still be on Facebook and YouTube. But Haley will not be joining me for that. So I want to give her a chance to share her picks for the weekend. Haley, 
How about the fact these quarterbacks that we have left here? We have potentially maybe the best four quarterbacks in the league this year. Uh, You have the two guys on one side that are really the heroes uh, from the last 10 years with Brady extending a little longer than that. But Brady and Rodgers, these guys have been around the block a few times. They've each won at least a Super Bowl. and Brady, Well, Brady's won uh, six of them, but Rodgers <laughs> has won one. And then on the other side, you got the kids of tomorrow. You've got Mahomes, who's already established himself as one of the one or two best quarterbacks in the league. Probably uh, not going to take home the MVP this year. I think Rodgers is going to get the hardware this time. But those okay. two guys, it seems they're on a level. No one else is on that level. But Josh Allen... He might be the next quarterback to enter into that into that tier. I think so too, and it's gonna. The crazy thing is, no matter what, it's gonna be the young versus the old in yeah. <laughs> the championship, which is interesting to think about. Either matchup would have been great had it been old versus old, young versus young, whatever. But this is interesting. It's kind of like the future versus the past, which is interesting to think about. But <laughs> as far as my picks, I've stayed true to these picks even back when I originally made my first bracket, even before wildcard week. And I have my Chiefs winning. Well, well, we'll see if Patrick (laughs) Mahomes is back next week. If Patrick Mahomes is back next week, then I have the Chiefs winning. And then I think the Bucks packers game is going to be extremely competitive just because you have Brady, you know, fighting for another title. And Aaron Rodgers wants this bad. You know, he's the potential MVP and probably will win it. So I do have the Packers winning. So ultimately, I have the number one seeds in AFC and NFC battling it out. And I know that's kind of a cliche pick just because they're the best from the beginning, but they're the best for a reason, you know, yeah. they're the best for a reason. And I've stayed true to that bracket pick from day one. So I'm going to go Chiefs Packers for the Super Bowl matchup. Awesome. Well, I'd love to see it. Last year, we had both these teams in the conference championship, and I was rooting hard to see that Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. I really thought that was the best story you could have those two quarterbacks. This year, however, I'm actually really happy because I feel like, like again, last year, San Francisco, hey, you know, props to them for making it, but there weren't as many great stories as such as having Tom Brady in that game, Aaron Rodgers in that mm-hmm. game, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, good for Jimmy G, you know, that's great. But this year, I mean, the stories with all four of these teams, I don't really, I'm not really rooting for anyone. i because I think the story typically a lot of times I root for what's the best story going to be. What what's going to be the most interesting for me to talk about? And you got the mm-hmm. Bills potentially winning their first Super Bowl ever. I mean, they've never won a Super Bowl before. And then you've got the Chiefs as the reigning champs with Mahomes. You've got Rodgers and Brady on the other side. It's just like the stories you can come up with any of those four teams are, it's just going to be, we're in for a real treat this weekend and the following weekend as well, for that matter. Or well, we'll have to wait two weeks to the Super Bowl, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to know that all these beat writers are super excited for these matchups yeah. as well. They're like, finally, I don't have to stay up till 2 a.m. scrambling to find something interesting about this team. You know, like you said, there's so many different routes you can take. There's so many different storylines and the Chiefs are just so easy to write about, to talk about. But I think uh, where beat writers and other reporters are going to find their best stories is, like you said, with the Bills. Like this is the first time they're 
really starting to make some noise in a long time. And then with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers just kind of coming out of the woodwork. You know, he's he's an old pro, and he's really proving himself this season. And I honestly, like, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. I've never really been a fan of the guy, but I think he does deserve MVP at the end of all this. Well, I'm glad you're able to see past that and uh, be mm-hmm. a little objective there. Okay, I got a couple other <laughs> things here for you for fun before we go. Indiana football, I got to know, you're covering the team this year. What is a year to be covering the team, huh? Oh, my gosh. When I was handed the beat report, like, I was selected as the beat reporter for this year. I was excited, but I did not know what was at stake or what I was in for. That's for sure. <laughs> but it was a historic season. You got to travel to the bowl game, which unfortunately didn't turn out very well. Nevertheless, historic <laughs> season, some great games. The Ohio State game, even though they lost, that was a great game. The victory over Penn State week one in the return. Again, we almost didn't have Big Ten football this year. It was wild. Yeah, because, well, when I was already given the beat report, then they canceled the season shortly after that. And I thought, Uh, man, this stinks. It's my senior year. I finally got the big daddy of beat reports, and (laughs) the season is gone. But then before I knew it, it was back. And I found out that I was going to get to cover the Penn State game in person, which was such a huge treat. So I was there for that game to see those both two-point conversions, Penix barely reaching for that pylon. It was incredible. I have goosebumps again. My gosh. Um, But just being able to be a part of the season, to get to know the players, even through Zoom, even through a screen, was just amazing. Yeah. And it provided me some good stuff for my reel. And I'll probably end up actually putting an IU football package on my reel as well. But Sweet. But just finishing out the season and finishing out my college career at the Outback Bowl in Tampa, you know, what a way to finish out my sports career at IU. It was awesome and just truly blessed to have had that opportunity. Yeah, it was a great season for Indiana football. I'm really glad you were able to be a part of it. And It'll be really exciting to see what happens with Indiana football next year if Penix is able to come back healthy. With I mean, coming back from an ACL is never, uh, never an easy uh, recovery, but if he can come back, oh my goodness, they could be so good this next year. It'll be a lot of fun. On the other side of things, though, the negative. What's going on with Indiana basketball right now? <laughs> oh boy who knows <laughs> yeah I I love basketball and I always have I'm definitely a bigger football fan than basketball but I tuned in for the IU Purdue game the other night and it was just sad I felt bad for I felt bad for our Indiana boys that was just not good you know Trace Jackson Davis is a star but he's going to need some help he needs help and to be beat by Purdue again uh, you know, as a Hoosier fan, that is just the worst possible thing. So it was hard to watch, and I really haven't figured out what the exact problem is. I know people are saying that it's the coach and that Archie Miller needs to pack it up and move out, but I'm not so sure if it's him or what's going on. I'll have to watch a few more games and kind of just see what's going on on offense, and I think their defense is struggling too. So I can't really pinpoint what the exact problem is. I think it's just a combination of terrible things that are happening, but definitely not fun to be an Indiana basketball fan this year. You are (laughs) correct about that. (laughs) They've been, they haven't been able to close out games is a thing I've noticed. Correct. Not able to capitalize on those games and make big moves like some of the other teams that they've been facing. And hopefully they can just 
figure it out. They have they have a bunch of young players on the roster this season who have gotten playing time, like gotten good playing time so yeah. far. So I think they're just working on that dynamic, that matchup, that different formation. Um, so I'm hoping that their record improves. It's not a terrible record, but it's not great either. So just hoping that they can at least improve. Yeah. Last thing, and then I'm going to give you a chance to plug everything that you're working on. People can check out your work. But the last thing, this is, let's end on something positive. I want to do this a little <laughs> more this year on the podcast. Haley, I really enjoy seeing your uh, verses, Bible verses that you share on social media and devotionals. I'm curious, what's something that God is teaching you right now? I know this is this is kind of a loaded question and mm-hmm. might take a, but if you're able to compress that and give us something good, definitely would love to hear it. Perseverance. Patience and perseverance has been very prevalent in my life. Like I have a terrible 2020. Lost my mom a month and a half ago. Oh, and gosh. It's, it's just been a horrible year. And there have been times, even just this month, where things have not gone my way, whether that be, you know, I haven't done my best at work or things just don't line up. I feel like everything's going wrong throughout the day. I know that God is not putting those roadblocks in my way on purpose. He's just allowing them to happen so that I'm able to be stronger, able to persevere through those things because, you know, the best reporters, the best people, they don't go without hardships. Everybody has hardships. Everybody has to experience that. So having said that, after I'm through this rough patch, I just hope and pray that I'm able to help someone else through theirs. And while one day I'm going to be out of this rough patch and I'm going to look back and think, wow, I accomplished a lot during that season of my life, well, then I can turn around and help somebody else who is also going through that rough patch. So that's what he's teaching me now, um, just to keep having faith. Sometimes it's hard during Amen. a season like this. Um, but, you know, it's just it's also being friends with new people like you, Jack, like other like-minded Christians who, you know, see the power of the gospel and all the verses mm-hmm. and just the power that people have to be a witness for the Lord, even on a podcast. So this is, you know, not an accident that we have met this year as well. Absolutely. Well, that was really awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I put you on the spot there, but that was a really (laughs) wonderful answer. All right. I know you got to run. So what can people check out that you're uh, putting out right now? My Instagram is my favorite place to plug and to work. So that's underscore Haley.Jordan. My Twitter is all sports. So that would be Haley Jordan TV. And then I have my own website, HaleyJordanTV.com. So that's where you can find all of my stuff. I will have my official demo reel ready to apply for jobs ready in the next couple weeks. So I will be plugging that soon as well. Awesome. Well, this was a lot of fun, Haley. You guys should go and check out her stuff. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for joining me. We'll have to uh, do it again sometime in the near future. Yes, Jack. Thank you so much for having me talking about my favorite topics and, you know, giving me the chance to voice my opinion. So thank you so, so much for asking me to come on the show. Truly a treat. Awesome job there from Haley Jordan. What a bright future she has. Uh, Glad we were able to snag her, get her on the show before she makes it big. So she has to uh, come back uh, (laughs) when she does make it big and then uh, bring some more exposure to the Jack Vita show. But what a delight it was having her on. Really cool to hear about her perspective and positivity and where she finds her strength in the Lord. Something I wanted to share before uh, we end for today's show. Well, first, I should just say thank you all for listening. And again, you can follow me on 
Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita Show. I'm on TikTok now at Jack Vita. YouTube.com slash Jack Vita and Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Plenty of stuff. I'll be creating content all week and uh, really excited about this year. I think it's going to be a great year. Guys, you got to just keep staying positive. We're going to have a lot of fun in a couple days with Chase Beebe previewing these conference championships and don't sleep on college basketball. We're going to have to do some college basketball content next week when we don't have any football. That's something that I'm very excited about. Guys, we're going to have a great year. But anyway, it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and I wanted to share something in honor of his memory that I think is an important quote. This is my favorite quote, and he was a man that lived an incredible life, did so much, so much that I I can't get... I, not, don't have time to go into all that and history. Uh, I'm sure other people will, but and I'm sure there's plenty of good stuff. But I want to share this quote that I think is applicable when he said this in the 60s to now. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I think right now that quote, I mean, that that quote can fit at any time, really, in history, any time. Right now, it rings very true because I've been noticing there's just a lot of hate on social media. And I think a lot of people are motivated by wanting to create a better world. And as a result of it, they end up dragging the people they disagree with. And they're showing hate to them. And what Martin Luther King Jr. did is he chose to live a life of forgiveness and love Jackie Robinson was the same as many of the civil rights heroes uh, from that era. My goodness, uh, we don't want to go back to what they had to go through. That was, those were awful times. But what they did in the heart of being met with such hatred is they turned the other cheek and they loved others. And one of the things I'm noticing in my own life, even on something a much smaller scale, if I write a piece and someone doesn't like it, and they say something mean to me on social media, if I respond out of kindness and love and grace, all of a sudden now you just kill them with kindness, and it changes the way they think of you. All of a sudden they're like, oh wow, I just called that guy a bad name, and he was so nice to me. Why why did I do that? Now I feel bad. (laughs) I think that we really need to right now just keep showing love and spreading love and grace and kindness. The Bible says that love covers over a multitude of sins. We also have another event occurring this week. And I again, I don't want to spend much time on this, um, but we are inaugurating our 46th president of the United States. Congratulations to Joe Biden. And what I want to say is, I, I have no interest in talking politics. None. None. That The sports is here for us to have fun and not to worry about this stuff. But I will give you one, uh, one glass of water from my, from my life. The Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. So just like Donald Trump, just like all the presidents of my lifetime, whether it was Donald Trump, Joe Biden now, Barack Obama... George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, I'm going to pray for all of them. And I'm going to root and cheer on the success of the president. And I'm going to support whoever the president is, regardless of party, regardless of if I voted for them or not. 
And I would encourage all of you to do the same and try to be kind and listen to people that you disagree with. The reason why I'm bringing this up, one is a historic moment, two is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and three, I've just been very disheartened by a lot of the negativity that I see on social media, and I don't think it exists as prominently in our everyday lives. I just think that people feel courageous to type whatever they want to type. Nevertheless, let's just, let's show love. Let's follow what Martin Luther King Jr. said, and let's say, once again, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So if you disagree with someone and you think there are serious problems with the way that they are going about things or treating people or politically or whatever it is, let's respond out of love and light. Let's not do darkness because darkness with darkness only creates more darkness but if you start lighting candles and distributing them then you start lighting up the world that's our show for today's episode and i'm not gonna get that philosophical too often but felt like a fitting time thank you so much to Haley. thank you so much to all of you thank you to our sponsors if you want to support my show you can go jackvita.com there's a paypal button uh you can if you want to support me you don't have to I, it's not a big deal but guys We're going to have a great week. Make sure you tune in for my conversation with Chase Beebe on Wednesday. Until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.